Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. It's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought with speaking the truth. Oh boy, that sounded far more Forrest Gump than that anything. That sounded very Forrest Gump. <laughs> What's up, geeks? My name is Kev, and it's time to pack your bags with your finest resort wear. Don't forget your Speedo and matching waterproof gun holster, because we're <laughs> traveling to the islands of Spestus, Greece, to peel back the layers of another mystery with world-famous detective Benoit Blanc. As I mentioned, this is our spoiler-free review of Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. You know, speaking of spoiler-free reviews, we have a ton of awesome new content to check out on the channel, including spoiler-free reviews for Disney Plus content, including Disenchanted, Mickey, the Story of a Mouse, and the first two episodes of The Santa Clauses. We also have our spoiler-free review for another Netflix movie, Slumberland. A huge thanks to Netflix Canada for setting us up with a screening for Glass Onion at the TIFF Bell Lightbox Theatre in Toronto. The film releases in select theaters on November 23rd. We're so glad you could join us today, and if you are joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast focusing on the world of TV, movies, games, toys and collectibles, and all things Geek-Centric. Of course, it just wouldn't be a proper vacation if I had to travel on my own. Joining me on this exotic excursion, he could swim at the pool all day and is my equal at the buffet. Just make sure his suite has a high-powered bidet. It's Nate. <laughs> dude, I've been, dude, I had the chance to stay at the sweet uh, Chateau Hudson, as I think I've mentioned in a previous episode, and yeah, dude, you got to get a good bidet. I mean, honestly, if a celebrity came out with a line of bidets, I would hope they'd send me one and I could just brag about it to all my friends. I think that's kind of what I would do. Nice. I, uh, let, maybe an Australian celebrity like Chris Hemsworth or, you know, <laughs> yes. and, and, and it could be, it could just be called Bidet Mate. I love uh, it. Oh, know, it's a perfect name for, oh, I like that. Killing it, dude. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, you know, we're going to be joined by someone else as well. He's an excellent tour guide and can always recommend a good hotspot. He's especially useful if you want to find some good local pot. It's Darcy. <laughs> Hello there. That's my. Oh, that's nice. as far as I'll go with the oh, southern that accent. Nice. Okay, no, that was better than anything I've <laughs> done. Better I'm than not Kevin tried for the rest of the podcast. Uh, what's up, gents? Uh, we saw this movie, which is set in a beautiful Mediterranean locale, uh, just as our first real winter snowstorm hit. Did this movie help to sort of distract you, uh, just from the the, oh, the impending five months of wintry hell we're set to face here in the Great White North? You know, we uh, we we watched. Glass Onion, and Knives Out Mystery, uh, and then we walked outside, and it was freezing cold, and we're like, wow, winter just didn't even try to be subtle about this. Like, if if this, if this winter was, uh, um, uh, you know, a whodunit, then it, it was a really poorly done <laughs> done it, because it just, we find out the answer right away, uh, and that is that it's freaking cold, and I remember we, we walked outside of the, the Tiff Bell Light Box, and... Uh, we're like, we should get some food. And shout out to the, was it the Obi, Obi Canteen? Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. uh, attached to the Tiff Bell Lightbox. Absolutely delicious. But, you know, as I was sitting 
eaten my mac and cheese next to Darf Darcy, who had Darfie? already eaten Darfy, <laughs> who had already <laughs> eaten all his mac and cheese, like the good Southern gentleman he is. Um, <laughs> you know, I uh, I got to thinking about this movie. Yeah, this this is interesting. It definitely it, it it's not as cozy, I think, as the first Knives Out movie. That one being very much set in a time similar to like a November kind of fall sort of time, like with sweaters and everything. This is warm in a different way because you're on an island in Greece. Um, so, you know, I definitely got a, a bit of a bit of warmth from it, but I, th- I don't think it, like, it is as cozy uh, that a lot of people are saying as the, the first one. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I completely forgot about the snowstorm we drove through and the two hours of traffic that Toronto uh, highways become when it's this first snowstorm. Uh, I completely forgot about that whole thing once we were sitting there, you know, enjoying the movie and getting swept away along on this another another crazy mystery. And again, like like you said, Nate, I mean, while it wasn't as cozy as the first one, it definitely lived up to a lot of the you know expectations you have coming into a, a Knives Out mystery. Yeah, we, we were definitely trading, uh, you know, tons of thoughts back and forth, none of which... You know, they were very spoiler. We're not going to spoil any of the mysteries, I'm sure, on this one. But uh, but we were, you know, it's one of those movies I think you have to you have to see it with friends. As soon as you get out of that theater, you're going to be talking about all the little things that. Oh, did you, you catch or, that? Oh, yeah, did you see that? So oh, and, and, and we found that Darcy said he had caught a few that we totally missed. Yep. Um, but that was kind of a fun thing about it is that it's. It was instantly like, oh, I have to rewatch this movie to see how all those pieces came together as the movie was unfolding. Um, But before we slice into our thoughts on this latest Knives Out mystery, let me make your eyes water with a brief synopsis. Benoit Blanc returns to peel back the layers in a new Ryan Johnson whodunit. This fresh adventure finds the intrepid detective at a lavish private estate on a Greek island but how and why he comes to be there is only the first of many puzzles. Blanc soon meets a distinctly disparate group of friends gathering at the invitation of billionaire Miles Braun for their yearly reunion. Among those on the guest list are Miles' former business partner, Andy Brand, current Connecticut Governor Claire DeBella, cutting-edge scientist Lionel Toussaint, fashion designer and former model Bertie J, and her conscientious assistant Peg, and influencer Duke Cody and his sidekick girlfriend Whiskey. As in all the best murder mysteries, each character harbors their own secrets, lies, and motivations. When someone turns up dead, everyone is a suspect. Returning to the franchise he began, Academy Award-nominated film jo- uh, filmmaker Ryan Johnson writes and directs Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery and assembles another all-star cast that includes a returning Daniel Craig, alongside Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, with Kate Hudson, and Dave Batista. So, gents, cocktail hour's about to start. Uh, we shouldn't linger too much longer puffing on our fine stogies, as this is a non-smoking garden. So, <laughs> let's get to our thoughts on the film. Uh, what worked? You know, I think uh, immediately <clears throat> there was... There, there's something in the movie that I think uh, you'll see right at the beginning um, that I, I think was slightly cathartic, which is kind of the the COVID references. This movie very much takes place uh, at the height of the pandemic. I think obviously when they were writing the movie, they were all experiencing that. And, and, and so I think from a social commentary, you know, we get to see them, the characters wearing masks. We get to see them talking about social pods or 
for some of the characters lack thereof uh, social pods. Um, and uh, and I, I think it was really what really hit home for me um, because this is something that we all, literally all of us uh, in this uh, in this review sort of fell for, which is among us uh, during the <laughs> pandemic and like, you know, talking over FaceTime and, and playing among us or, or Kevin, you know, you, you guys would do those fantastic trivia nights. And so, you know, to have uh, to have to, to get to see uh, LeBlanc playing among us with Angela Lansbury, by the way, I, I know we're not <laughs> spoiling stuff, but I just really needed to shout out Angela Lansbury. It's her last performance. It was such a fantastic tribute to, you know, to her, to I think Murder, She, she Wrote is like, where this movie is drawing a lot of its inspiration from or where Ryan Johnson pulls a lot of his inspiration from for these movies. But I think I think where a lot of movies that are set during that time would would really push that angle. And like there there are there are some movies that are literally like I think I think back to the bubble where it's like that's mm-hmm. the whole premise for the movie. That's all you get and it gets so stale so fast. This movie acknowledges it, it gives you a little bit of it and then it moves right past it so it doesn't get stale as the movie starts to settle into itself. So I really appreciated that right off the bat from the from the movie. I think the movie is built uh really really fantastically and uh and I was just happy that they 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 didn't ignore it. Because um, uh, I think a lot of movies, you know, have have the opportunity to comment on it and don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was awesome to open up, but I mean, also the opening and when we're introduced to the the cast of characters, uh, I think that's where I kind of fell in love again. Because what I loved about the first Knives Out was that the char- all of the people who could were involved in this who'd done it were so much like larger than life and so over the top yes. and exaggerated and. We get almost right back to that in a different way, but we, again, very diverse cast of characters, all really nailing their performances, in my opinion. And again, I found them all really engaging. And like a good who done it, they were all, you know, proper suspects that I could believe doing it, and also didn't want to see doing it. So it was mm-hmm. that I loved, I loved the cast and their performances. Again, that from the first movie to this one, that's one thing that carried through was that the cast really brought their A game. Absolutely, and I think uh, we'll probably break down a few performances that we really, really enjoyed. But just uh, sort of piggybacking on what you were saying there, Darce, in in that the introduction of these characters was really, really well done. In that we learn who they are without a ton of expository, you know, dialogue or anything. Yep. They it's their actions and the way mm-hmm. they're behaving that lets us get to know them, and then. As we really see this group come together, another thing that stood out for me, and it's not something I generally notice in movies, but in this movie, I absolutely loved it throughout, uh, and it's the costuming. Like, it's mm-hmm. one thing when you've got these period pieces and the, the whole, a lot of the movie and the aesthetic of it is built on these very familiar-looking historical costumes, but no, the costuming here, I thought it was so interesting, and each character had their own style and their own way of presenting themselves and the way they dressed uh, really was was a reflection of their behavior. And so mm-hmm. I just thought whoever is responsible for the costuming in the in the movie here just did such a terrific job of of defining these characters by what they wore. And they were it was fun to be looking at the character and it's all it was almost a distraction from some of the things that these characters are doing that were integral to the plot, you're distracted by what they're wearing. And so that's just such a fun idea in a movie like this. Well can we talk about a distraction? I mean I think there's some beautiful, absolutely gorgeous people here. You talk about the costumes, sometimes lack their own costumes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, we see some gorgeous bodies, but I got to shout out probably the most distracting body in this movie. And that has to all do with Batista's thighs 
they are absolutely astonishing in this movie. And there's a moment where he's wearing a Speedo and we see him from the angle of water in a pool. And I just couldn't believe how impressively thick that man's thighs <laughs> are. I was like literally dumbfounded to the point where I had honestly blacked out for that scene. I didn't know <laughs> who said what. Um, absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably my shout out for 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 costuming. <laughs> Uh, I, now, I will say, as a professional wrestling fan, uh, which is where Batista got to start, I am more than familiar seeing Batista <laughs> in nothing but a pair of underwears mm-hmm. and those big, meaty thighs doing their job. <laughs> so it, that didn't really uh, throw me off as much. But uh, it's funny that you've got Batista and Kate Hudson in a bathing suit, and here we are talking about <laughs> Batista. She um, did look I, fantastic, though, she too. She looked you, yeah. unbelievable. And, the, yeah. and it was such a, like, again, just such a unique bikini that she was wearing. It was It yeah. had this really high-profile fashion sense to it. It was great. I do want to quickly shout out uh, Jenny Egan, who was the um, the costume designer on this. I, I hated to say whoever did it, uh, so I want to mm-hmm. give proper due. She was also uh, the costume designer on the first film. And I imagine this a movie like this would be so much more fun to do the costuming on than the first one, where because it was just set in a, in a house with, you know, sure, rich people. But the, the costuming didn't stand out as much in that one as it, as it certainly did here. So I bet you she had a lot more fun uh, defining these characters in that sense uh, right, with this I think, movie. I think the characters are... Uh, you know where you where you can kind of get away with the the costumes being different is that they're not family, right? They're friends, and so we, mm-hmm. we kind of get to to sort of see the the differences of their personalities in what they wear. Um, I think you know even though Le, LeBlanc in in and his status as the world's greatest detective is kind of the only real sort of connecting story thread from the first movie to this one. This one is is definitely a sequel in that it's bigger the the people in it are even richer uh they're a little more dangerous they're a little more crazy um but it also doesn't suffer from what a lot of sequels do suffer from in that it it stays true to being its own story and it doesn't just try to rehash Mm -hmm. the previous movie you know you're not getting a ton of sort of like winks and nods of like remember from the first one um which is so refreshing for sequels and and I think this is this is bigger in all the right ways in that it, it services the plot. It's bigger mm-hmm. tastefully, whereas I think a lot of sequels, especially sequels from, you know, Netflix, uh, tend to kind of fall for that sort of trope of like, remember the first movie the entire time? And, and this one doesn't, which was which was lovely. Well, and, and in another regard where they, you know, as a sequel have gone bigger grander uh was the sets here the the scenery and the and the and the oh, sets yeah. here i just thought it was so interesting to look at everything um you know they they've i can't believe this movie's made on a 40 million dollar budget just in the sense that some of the things they would have had to build uh if they didn't rely on cgi were just so extravagant and so lavish and so big in terms of scale that I was I was constantly wowed at what I was looking at you know you could you could have really simplified this into just being a private getaway and and a nice fancy mansion on the beach but this was so much more than that again playing into you know telling a story about the the character um played by Edward Norton that owns this property it it, mm-hmm. it really was an extension of him and his personality and you could feel that throughout the movie I mean, I after seeing the movie, I was really intrigued by this main set that they were, you know, 
we saw so many different, you know, rooms and, and pieces of at throughout the movie. And apparently that was just some resort that they rented out for during pandemic, of course, because this was produced during the pandemic. And just apparently the whole cast's families and crew's families were staying on that property while they were making this movie. And it, it's, I mean, that sounds like they had a really good time and they got really close because they were all together for so long. And it really shows in the performances because, again, they, they are all so true to character. And I think... I mean, it's been a while since I've watched the first one, but I feel like again in the bit going bigger, the comedy game in this movie, just across the board, both you know visual, you know spoken gags, and even physical comedy, like there, everything is just. I found it I dialed up to eleven in all the right ways. So yeah, it was great. Absolutely, I think I think you, you're kind of calling out the humor there of the movie. It's so it's so smart, it's mm-hmm. so well done. It's not just funny for a moment but it gets you thinking at the same time mm-hmm. with a lot of the commentary and a lot of the jokes and i think that's i think that says a lot about the kind of comedy that ryan johnson uh writes and 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 it kind of adds to the style of these movies that gives them that sort of originality while also mm-hmm. still saying staying modern um i i found that the movie does a good job of bringing forward the social commentary as well. I think the original one, you know, you, we had the jokes of like the right winged agenda humor. Um, and this one, we get a lot of focus on, I think some things that are maybe a little more, even, even more so re- relatable now of sort of seeing the focus on toxic masculinity, seeing these characters being so self-centered and like just sort of the, the commentary that it has on Hollywood as well, I think is yeah, absolutely the underbelly mm-hmm. of, hilarious. You know, celebrity and fame. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love I love that it it's it's a movie that's coming from uh a, a, you know, a big Hollywood blockbuster machine of of Netflix and it's it's making fun of it all at the same time. Uh and I think that's pretty that's pretty dope of Ryan Johnson to kind of uh to, to put those kind of jokes in his movie um while while you know getting paid by the the same people that he's he's kind of poking fun at. Um <laughs> but yeah, dude, the cast this time around. I think I I personally I did just because I watched the first one on the flight over uh to to see this one and I think I do prefer the family dynamic of the first one. I think um I think it just to me the 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 characters they they sort of come with less setup needed and I think the the because of that I think the story of the first one flows a little bit better in terms of how we're introduced to the characters and and it just it doesn't feel this one still feels very well built and really well connected but I think the first one pulled it off a little bit better um but I just think having like we said earlier having the them not be related allows a more diverse cast uh and allows us to get these really really kooky and and zany characters that I think are a little more um a little more silly but not in a way that ever felt like it was taking me out of the movie it didn't feel like it was uh, they were unrealistic it just felt like they had a lot of money <laughs> fair enough fair enough and yeah there's a lot of big personalities here and and yet my favorite performance was probably from uh Janelle Monet yeah uh who is maybe almost the most reserved of the characters but you know the 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 uh, you know, playing Andy Brand, but the the role she's playing here is almost like an onion in the, in that there's so many layers that have to be peeled back for us to understand her. Right? We can't say too much without giving anything away here. But I think she's got the most difficult role in just how complex the character she's playing is. And so I thought I always love when a when an actor has this kind of performance where they have to 
demonstrate several different aspects of their personalities, if you will. And so I thought she did a really good job of of distinguishing those different aspects of, of who she was playing in the film here. Absolutely. She's mm-hmm. fantastic in this movie. She's she's very much the the vessel for the audience this time around, right? We we get to sort of go through the movie with her uh and 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 with Benoit and I think I think that's I think yeah, I think that really helps to just make her the most sort of grounded character, if you will. Um, and yeah, I just think she's got such range in this movie, especially, you know, throughout the entire movie. We really do get to see her putting on and, and taking off many different hats uh, from an acting perspective. And I think she's such a great addition for the cast. Of course, Daniel Craig, dude, so like good. the so Southern good. drawl. He's so charming this time around. And he's so much more of a... Um, He's more of a character, I think, this time around. I think in the first one, he's a little bit more serious. He's a little more... Um, he, he doesn't really get to show sort of his silly side, but here we get to see his his silly side, whether he's wearing an ascot you know, going into the pool or whether he's, you know, he's like running away from the, the alarms of, of the no smoking garden and he's just doing that like high kick, like <laughs> tail, high tail out of it. Um, like he's like literally like a Southern, like little cartoon character. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I just enjoy getting to see that side of his character and, and getting to sort of... Um, kind of see him be more proud of himself be be what because he should be he's the greatest detective so you know for him to sort of have moments where he can just be like yeah i'm the fucking best dude like (laughs) i i i'm the best at this it was awesome because i think it 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 just sort of broke the character down a little bit more and made him uh more approachable absolutely absolutely and he he's almost at times he feels like he's almost overwhelmed by just how much there is for him to sort of, you know, dissect and try and figure out here. This is, you know, being a sequel, it's a bigger mystery. There's, there's more layers to the onion in this, in this one. Um, But yeah, I mean, Daniel Craig sort of, is most well known for, you know, playing Bond or more serious roles like in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. But anytime he gets to sort of just roll up his sleeves and have fun with something, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, that's when I, love him the best like be- between the knives out movies and um logan lucky i just think when he's able to have be a fun character he- that's my favorite daniel craig um and so yeah he's just he's just chomping at the bit to have fun at this role at all times and it's it's very contagious i think um well i mean can we also talk about kate hudson's screaming in this movie she <laughs> She gives some phenomenal screams. I was looking it up because I was like, there's no way that she wasn't in a Scream movie. And apparently she was cast <laughs> for Scream 3 and then huh. was 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 cut. Like they took her, they replaced her. And I don't know why exactly, but I literally was just like was looking it up. So if anything, I think this movie, she lets out some really good screams in this movie. This could be <laughs> her next audition for, for Scream. Uh, what are they on? Four, five? How many screams are there now? I think it would be six is coming out next year. <laughs> Scream six. So, so okay. she'll have to wait for seven. I think six there we is go. already filmed. So. Right. So Scream seven, Kate Hudson, let's get her in it. I think she'd be phenomenal. But she was also so good as as Birdie J in this movie. I think she's she, you know, I think she she does such a good job at sort of just playing this character who is just so ignorant. Like just so absolutely self-absorbed ignorant uh and then we get jessica henwick who i think sort of gets to play that 
again, sort of the side of the audience of just like, no, you idiot. Like, come on, like, just <laughs> just figure this out already. Be a decent human being. And uh, and I think she did a great job as well. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. Uh, Jessica Henwick is Peg. She's almost the one character here, and I'm including um, Benoit in this, that isn't sort of arrogant or cocky. Um, but you get the different levels of that arrogance throughout the different characters, whether and from fully deserved and earned, like Benoit, for being, like you said, the best detective in the world, right mm-hmm. down through these characters in their, like, you know, descending order of earning this arrogance that they have in terms of what they actually bring to the world and whether they are as smart as they like to think they are or as beautiful or as talented. It's such, you know, we we'll, uh, hearkening back to what we said earlier, it's such an interesting look at celebrity and fame and what that can do to a person. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting character study. And so, yeah, Jessica Henwick playing that one straight normal person just being like these yeah. people are absolutely <laughs> insane yeah uh, so, yeah i mean it was great i love the like a lot of the pairings you get among the cast are so great you can feel a lot of the uh, like the chemistry and, and banter back and forth feels very natural because again they fleshed out these characters so much that it, it makes sense to as to why you see who pairs up with who throughout the movie and stuff like that. And again, the banter back and forth is is incredible. I, I love, again, Leslie Odom Jr. and Catherine Hahn have worked together before uh, mm-hmm. on Central Park in the animated format. But again, seeing them in this live action thing, you, you get a lot of that same chemistry. Again, in this one being the you know very close to uh, knit group of friends. But again, they really drive it home and did a great job of, of portraying these characters and their relationships like across the board. It was great. And speaking of characters and their relationships, and also I think these characters putting up a front, I think Bautista, you know, he's this macho anti-feminist, but he's also so fake at the same time because there's a moment where we get to meet his mom and she's played by Jackie Hoffman, who you might know from Only Murders in the Building. And probably, probably like one of my favorite characters in this entire movie, even though she has such a small part in it, like she was absolutely absolutely hilarious and i just love how again it speaks to this idea of you know who are these people in front of the cameras in front of their 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 audiences their their you know their twitch streams if you will uh and who are they in real life and i i love that we get to break that down and and see that throughout the movie uh and i just love all the celebrity call outs um in the movie i i i don't think i'm gonna i don't want to ruin any of them um so I, I might just hold back from sort of mentioning a few of them um but i do want to get my hands on that hot sauce okay okay yes <laughs> i won't say whose it is but i want sure. to get my hands on that hot sauce yeah and maybe a bit of kombucha i think we could get some kombucha <laughs> on the podcast if uh if a certain someone is willing to uh give up being the joker and maybe get us some but um i will say i think it's just so much fun because it it speaks to it speaks to these characters, again, trying to constantly one-up each other socially. All of them. Uh, or at least most of them. Maybe not maybe not Peg and Andy. But, like, most of these characters are just constantly trying to just be like, oh, yeah, well, that was great when we were at this person's party. And, and they're just constantly name-dropping. And it's just, again, it's Hollywood making fun of Hollywood. And I love it. I love it. I love any time we get that self-referential uh, humor at, at, you know, these really horrible rich people's expense. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it's not even just mentions of celebrities. You actually do get a bunch of celebrity cameos of them playing themselves as well, which was which was really great. I will say one thing that maybe left me wanting a little bit more was was the cameos that you get of of actors that aren't necessarily playing themselves, but different characters. 
but for such a short time. Mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke, you know, shows up oh, at dude. one point and <laughs> and you're gone. like, oh, who is this? This is interesting. And you don't really get much more. Um, who, uh, Hugh Grant shows up and you're like, oh, okay, uh, this is another very interesting character. And you don't get much. It's very much like um, the character of, of uh, Batista's mom, played by Jackie Hoffman, who mm-hmm. she's so good that you almost want more. I don't want to say that, it, like, again, this isn't a negative on the film, but it just goes to show how how quickly these characters were able to make an influence and how well uh, Ryan Johnson wrote this movie for these people that it, he really did leave you wanting more, and I'm not sure we'll ever get the, uh, the satisfaction, if you will, of seeing these characters anymore. Um, but, you know, speaking of maybe not something that didn't work, but anyways, uh, was there anything about the movie that didn't quite resonate for you as we move along here? I think the, the, the only thing I can think of, it's hard for me to call it a negative because like it ended up working out at the end, but like, I think the first sort of section of the movie, as I said, kind of based off of like what I thought of the, the, the first movie, I think the first movie, it, it flows a little bit nicer in terms of, of throughout the narrative and, and, and sort of giving you the little Easter eggs. I think this one does take a little bit longer to set up, and I could see that turning away some folks in terms of their, their sort of overall experience with it. I think the, the, the setup it does take a really long time. And again, I, I just think that has to do with how much we have to sort of explain, not not through expository dialogue, but just explain and by showing uh, sort of how all these characters are coming together before we get to the sort of pop of the movie. Right, yeah, they do need to really spend a bit more time setting up how these characters know each other and why they're here and everything like that. And I do agree that it, it is a bit, maybe a bit, it feels when you're watching it at first, maybe a bit clunkier at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but it does sort of, it it's justified with the story being told and the, the mysteries that as an audience, we, 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 things we can't see as they're happening in real time. And so we sort of get a lot of blanks filled in as the reveals are sort of happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like you said, Nate, it does work by the end of the movie, but yeah, it isn't as smooth an introduction into the movie as the first one. Again, it pays off, but yeah, that 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 first chunk. But at least it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. There's big performances happening, so there's there's so much working for the film that those little bumps aren't as uh, they're not you know too bad. You can definitely weather that storm, and it and it's worth getting to why they had to tell the story the way they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I can't really think of any faults off the top of my head because I, I enjoy the movie so much and I, I can't wait for a rewatch to, like you said, pick up on all these little deal uh, details because it was so many, much like the first movie, everything is there and uh, shown or said or, or, you know, referenced for a reason. And I love the way that the writing really stands out. So I, again, I have a hard time finding fault with it because I enjoy like that payoff so much. Well, I think, you know, this will spoilers for for like what our scores will probably be. But I feel like the fact that we don't have too much negative to say is probably (laughs) indication that we're going to have a pretty high score. I do just want to shout out just another couple of things that I absolutely adored about this movie. I think Steve Yedlin, uh, the cinematographer, deserves a lot of flowers for this movie. I think 
my eyes are darting around the screen constantly to try and catch to see what's going on, what's happening with these characters. But even the way that the the movie's shot, you know, I think there's there's moments where where they he puts the camera lower in front of the sort of the character who's dominant in that moment. But then you'll notice that as the characters start to sort of trip over the things they're saying or start to lose their footing in terms of like where they stand socially within this group, the camera starts to go a bit higher and we do get to see them diminish a little bit more. And it's so cool. And there's a sequence with lighting um, that involves, all I'll say is it involves a lighthouse. And it's so captivating. It's so fun, but it's also so unnerving at the same time. And I think that's such a wonderful blend that speaks to what these movies are, is is it's that that feeling of like a little bit of dread, but also a little bit of cookie fun. And it, it you know, it reminds me of what, about it. What is uh, Madison with, with one uh, Y two ends. It's like, it's first it was scary. Then it was fun. Then it was spooky, but in a fun way or whatever. That's, that's kind of how I feel um, about the, the cinematography of the movie. And then I also just want to shout out Nathan Johnson, uh, brother of Ryan Johnson, who brings the heat yet again with this score. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just as, uh, brilliantly done as the original I think it definitely if you know where where this movie doesn't sort of um do a lot of callbacks to the original I think the score definitely does and we get that harpsichord sort of style theme that we know from the original score but he the way that he brings it into the sort of larger than life strings with with sort of you know when we're getting to the island and when we get to sort of uh, you can feel the score getting bigger Um, but then we get those quiet moments and the spider crawling string effect with the sharp violin Um, it just again it's it's that unsettling but also fun musical sound that just feels like a mysterious adventure and I I really really enjoyed the score this time around as well so uh, again I, I I think it's not the score isn't as good as the original for me, but it definitely lived up to my expectations of what to expect from from Nathan Johnson. So I just want to shout out those last two bits there, um, just because there were a couple more things that I noticed. <laughs> no, I like it, and it really does highlight that we we definitely have far more pros than cons for this movie, <laughs> yeah. and which which does have me sort of uh, looking at uh, the process of getting the film made. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as much as we enjoyed it. You know, the process was quite interesting in that, you know, it was basically a major streaming platform bidding war to get the rights. And we're talking about just the rights to make this film and uh, an upcoming sequel. Netflix ended up winning the rights to make this movie over Apple and Amazon by with a price tag of four hundred and sixty nine million dollars. And again, that's just for the rights. It still cost another 40 million to make this movie. So as much as we enjoyed it. Does that four hundred and seventy million dollar price tag seem worth it to you? I mean, it's pretty crazy to think of because I mean, I understand that price tag coming with something like Marvel or Star Wars, where there's infinite storytelling possibilities. But with with the Knives Out, it's really centered around uh, the character of Benoit Blanc. So to think that they're banking so much on the success of this this franchise is very odd because it isn't as you know mainstream or you know you know merchandisable as you know a Star Wars or Marvel. So it, that is the, the where I'm wondering like what where did the justification for that price tag come from? Because I'm so far I am enjoying it, I'm loving the movies and what's coming from it, but I'm I'm not quite seeing what made them jump so quickly at spent dropping that much coin. It's kind of kind of confusing if you from my angle. Well, it's one of those movies that you sort of feel like. Like, how are they banking on the return on investment? I know the cast is is a big 
you know, Hollywood sized cast. But at the same time, like this is going to be in theaters for a pretty short period of time. And then it's going to be on Netflix. And, you know, I think it's it's you know, we talked we talked at the top of this review about COVID times and how the movie talks about that. We're we're starting to see things, unfortunately, uh, kick back up now that we're getting into the colder months. We're starting to see a lot more sort of, you know, that we're putting masks back on. We're 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 moving back to the the pods or socially distancing or that sort of thing. And so it's 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 going to be interesting because how many people are just going to go, oh, that's I, I did enjoy the first one, um, but I think I'll just wait till it's on my Netflix account uh, to watch the sequel. And then what what does that return on investment look like for Netflix? That's that's what that's where I'm most confused, because, yeah. sure, the first one was a uh, surprise breakout hit, especially for. Um, you know, a, a new or unique property in that it brought in three hundred and twenty million at the global box office. But you know, this has a six hundred theater limited release here in North America, so they're they can't possibly be expecting those numbers here. So yeah, it is really a question of how are they going to recruit recoup this. And again, it's not my money, so spend as you will. If it means making movies like this, Netflix, I'm okay with it. But I just wonder how you justify this <laughs> to your own bank accounts, to your shareholders, everything like that. It just seems quite odd. But I guess we'll just have to see um, if they 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 know what they they must know something we don't. And it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. But uh, in the meantime. I do believe that it's time for our dinner reservation. So let's wrap this up and give our opinion yon. I tried to fit in an onion in there. That's fair. That's fair. Let's fit it in. Uh, Let's get our opinion on the film. Um, And along with our final thoughts here, we're going to be ranking the film on a scale of one to five Italian silk neck scarves, which Benoit proudly wears throughout the movie to just perfection. So overall, uh, this was a huge win for me. Hopefully, as you were discussing, a huge win for Netflix. You know, I think Netflix, we've we've gotten a lot of threes, a lot of 3.5s, and in some cases, uh, even less than that this year from Netflix. Um, So I think Ryan Johnson knocked it out of the park. I think the murder mystery genre has been modernized because of what Ryan Johnson has done with both the first movie and this movie. And I hope that's not like... That sounds like like a really big statement, but it's not. Like honestly, it, watch these movies; they are you're just gonna have so much fun with them, and they're gonna make you want to watch, you know, a lot of the other sort of whodunit mysteries of of yesteryear, or even the the more recent stuff like After Party on on Apple TV Plus. I think it, it takes a lot of uh, from uh, you know the first Knives Out movie, and so I, I I don't think that this one for me worked as well. For in the sense that I, I did enjoy the family dynamic a little bit more of the original story. Um, here we it's a little bit more more playful than the original, um, and it's definitely more bombastic and bigger in ways that I think work towards the story. And, and as I said, that aren't just bigger because it's a sequel. Um, I was just so thoroughly entertained by this movie. I can't wait to watch it again, having already seen it, to catch all the things that that I missed, that Darcy said he caught, and I'm like, no way, Darcy, you're wrong. Um, but maybe he's right. He's probably right. Um, but it's, I think the movie is, the best part about it is it's, it's honest, and it doesn't artificially hide anything from the audience. So you can go back, you can watch it again, and, and, and I think that's perfect for this type of movie. It, in, in, in more ways than one, this movie was a glass onion. It, it's got layers, 
but it's also see-through the entire time. Uh, and I think that's just so, so smart and so well done. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be giving this one uh, a, a 4.5 out of 5 Italian silk neck scarves. I really love this. I hope Ryan, Nathan, and, and Daniel uh, can can keep it up for the third one. And I hope people watch this movie uh, in theaters. Go watch it in theaters with the biggest group of your friends who enjoy this stuff. Because I want I want Benoit Blanc to travel the world in the next movie. Uh, and that's not going to happen if the budget goes down. Awesome. Darce, what do you think? Oh, well, <clears throat> again, it's pretty obvious where my where my thoughts are uh, staying on this movie because I, I couldn't really find anything at fault with it. I didn't, again, I didn't find it that as clunky at points as, as maybe you two did because, again, that payoff to me was so rewarding and, again, justified everything they set up uh, going into it. So I, I loved it. Uh, I, again, it's right up there with the first one for me in a, a great whodunit. Again, you said, you, took, you said it great, Nate, and that it modernizes it in a way that hasn't really been done before and they really have fun with it and, and know what they're doing when, when, you know, unraveling this mystery before us. So this is a strong five out of five uh, Italian neck scarves from this guy because Italian, Italian silk neck scarves from there this guy go. because I love Yeah, them. you got to make sure they're silk. They got to be yeah. the finest, only <laughs> the <laughs> finest for the, for the characters in this film. <laughs> uh, I'm right there with you guys. This definitely is the best uh, Netflix movie that, uh, we've p- possibly ever been given uh, to date uh, and certainly this year after a few very let's call them mediocre efforts uh, this is right up there with the first movie for me I'm not sure if I enjoyed it more but I think I enjoyed it because of how different it is from mm-hmm. the first one yeah. without feeling very much organically like a sequel an extension uh, a carrying on of the character from the first one uh, which I think it's probably really hard to do when you're bringing back one of ten characters and mm-hmm. replacing everybody else around the central character, and yet it still feels like it belongs to the same family of films. I think that was just so expertly done by Ryan Johnson here. Uh, and and like you said, Nate, yeah, get to the theaters and see this so that we can have not just a third, but as many adventures as he can come up with for this character because I just think there's so much more to offer and, you know, if, if this film is any indication about how he can take it from a simple clue-style whodunit in a, in a mansion, and it's a murder that needs to be solved, and this is, there's so many more mm-hmm. mysteries that need to be unraveled in this film, which, which, as a sequel, that's where they went bigger. That's where they went grander. Uh, I think it was so well done, and I'm excited to see what they can do moving forward with this character. Uh, and so, yeah, this is going to be uh, a four out of five uh, Italian silk neck scarves. Next scarves for me. I can't wait to watch it again when it when it uh, comes to uh, Netflix. So while Sarah will be watching it for the first time, I'll be going. Oh, yep, there was that. Oh, that did happen. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't wait to do that. Um, and it's not often where I'm instantly leaving a theater going. I can't wait to watch that again so I can see everything I missed. So kudos to the film for that. I'm sure. I'm sure Sarah is also going to get distracted by. Those big juicy thighs, uh, not yours, but uh, Batista's. Well, no, uh, I have some big juicy <laughs> thighs. So, <laughs> um, I just also really want to quickly say, I know that I said that I want Benoit Blanc to travel the world. I actually want him to go to space. I think every movie that Ryan Johnson, every sequel that Ryan Johnson has done in space, has been phenomenal. One of my probably favorites in terms of like a trilogy. So, definitely uh, setting it in space would be would oh, be really no. great. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, so you had to fit that Star Wars reference in somehow, and that's how you did it. Although I do think it's funny. Now you've got me thinking it could be very much um, an Among Us style, oh, that space level. You could do that, you know. That's it. So there we it go. Was that's how they're going to make the Among Us movies. <laughs> is it's going to be Knives Out in An Among space. Us story. Yeah, perfect. I love <laughs> That's awesome. Well, there you have it, our spoiler-free review for Glass Onion. A Knives Out Mystery. The movie solves your yearning for some more Benoit Blanc in select theaters on November 23rd before making its case to be the movie of the holidays when it debuts on Netflix on December 23rd. Thanks again to Netflix Canada for giving us an early look. A huge thanks to you for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us five stars, or we might just have to give Benoit another murder mystery to solve. We'd love to know, are you looking forward to seeing Knives Out turn into an anthology series where Daniel Craig's Southern Gentleman Detective continues to solve increasingly intricate investigations? You can let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that's a bit too Sherlock Holmes for you and you're a 21st century detective, you can also hit us up on Twitter at GeekCentricYT and on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. As always, we have plenty of awesome content to check out. We have our spoiler-free and filled reviews for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We also have interviews with some of the stars of that film. Speaking of interviews, we have a ton of interviews with the casts and crews of some of our favorite movies and TV shows from the year, including our most recent with members of the Zootopia team. Plus, keep your eyes and ears open for a series of exciting interviews coming your way soon. Uh, you can check those out wherever you listen to podcasts or watch the magic happen on our YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash geekcentric. There's just a ton of awesome stuff to check out on both the podcast and the YouTube channels. So head over, give them a like, hit those bells, subscribe, do all the things, show us some love, and yeah, just do it all. And until next time, as we say, love ya. Laters. You get home safe, you hear? I gotta stop doing the accent. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not great. <laughs>